Blog Talk Radio. starting to flare up because of what's going on, you know. It's just getting crazy. All right. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to get started? Go for it. All right. All right. Hold on tight. <clears throat> all right. We got a hot topic tonight. You all right over there, Papa? Yeah. Okay. All right. We got a hot topic tonight. Trump fires campaign manager. That's nothing unusual. Asheville passes uh, respirations uh, bill. Also, Georgia governor sues Atlanta mayor and city council. Interesting. Uh, here's an important headline. Washington's NFL team hires a lawyer. Uh, I'm sorry, hires a law firm to review allegations and more. Democrats propose $350 billion in aid for minority communities um, in next COVID-19 bill. And um, shortages face doctors to make difficult choices. Also, are Russian hackers targeting coronavirus vaccine research? And Mike Huckabee's history for kids' company accused of scam. Interesting. Our cocktail of the week is the watermelon cucumber cooler. What's popping with Papa Didi? Uh, we're new. Iceland is broadcasting the world's Screams to relieve coronavirus stress. Also, Colorado town running on generator after lighting strike. And Barol's Peacock divides Oakland neighborhoods. I'm just saying with red wine, how much is enough? Living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up. I got a lot of stuff tonight. The kiss it list and the last word. Sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the hot topics. This is Red Wine, and you're listening to WPJP Block Talk Radio Pajama Party. Check out my commentary. I like to call it, I'm just saying, because sometimes I am just saying. It's just my opinion, 
is what I think. Hey, you don't have to agree, but if you disagree, call us up. Topic for tonight, Papa Didi. Really? Yes, really. You're going to work tonight. Uh, well, this is, you know, some of this news I don't even know what to believe, to be honest with you. Trump alleged, the word alleged should be on there. Wednesday night, President uh, Donald Trump uh, chalked up voters to take on the, he, uh, yeah, chalked up voters to take on the current state of national affairs to a, uh, issue by firing his campaign manager, Brad Brad uh, Park, Parcell, I think you pronounced his name. Now, they were just featuring him not long ago on the news as being uh, Trump's hottest topic, hottest number, hottest whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, this man's got a ton of stuff going on. He's got finances up to yin-yang. He also had the women working for him, which is Donald Trump's uh, junior's girlfriend, as well as uh, Eric's wife. Both working for him, making fifteen thousand a month. Now I don't. Know, I think he was probably tricking them too, but that's a whole nother story. Anyway, uh, Trump sent his son-in-law, uh, his name, uh, Jared, Jared, Jared Keshner, to do the deed. Pascal is staying on as an advisor. Wait a minute. So if he's staying on as an advisor, how how are you firing him? He's staying on as an advisor, but being sidelined in favor of deputy. Uh, Campaign manager, former New Jersey governor, uh, Chris Christie's aide, a guy named Bill Steffen. Now, you don't like Chris Christie because he fired Jared Kushner's father. I mean, he put Jared Kushner's father in jail back in the day. You know, Donald Trump's son-in-law, his, his son-in-law's father, was thrown in jail by Chris Christie when he was the attorney general of New Jersey before he became governor. Now you're going to hire his aide. As your new campaign manager, I mean, these people really walk in real small circles. 
You know what I'm saying? It's really it's amazing how they mm-hmm. act like this. But they're so broad and they're so, but they all got history. And they're dealing with mm. the people that they've had past history with. And it's just crazy. It's like recycling, like a dog chasing his damn tail. Anyway, but anyway, they're hiring this guy, Bill Steffen, who was the assistant to Chris Christie, who Donald Trump hates because he put, you know, Kessner's father in jail back in the day. Anyway, Pascal's proximity to the president and the campaign uh, is like walking across the uh, the Oval Office. You know, the man does not have that job anymore, but he's still a Trump advisor. So what what is that about? How do you fire him? You put out the new, we fired him, we fired him. You moved him aside. He's still on the payroll. He's still making money. He's still, and this man owns like four luxury homes in different areas of the world, not to mention yachts and things of this nature. Where is he getting all this money? And he's supporting the whole right-wing situation for Trump. He's holding on to all Trump's little thing. He's probably the one funneling the money, and I'm, I'm telling you, this stuff is a huge, huge racket. It's just crazy. It does sound that way. It's crazy, okay? Yeah. So the uh, the Trump pair came paid for aides of Pascal's personal Facebook page and uh, poured money into his firm that has turned uh, hand a bunch of right-wing Trump family members where he, where he employs a bunch of, uh, like I said, a bunch of uh, Donald Trump's uh, family members on the campaign including, like I said, uh, his girlfriend, uh, Laura, mm-hmm. and Kimberly, who's the wife of the other guy. So it's, it's just amazing. I mean, I just mm-hmm. can't even – this story has so many twists and turns. It's nothing to do – why was that even news that you fired somebody and bring it up as a subject matter when this man hasn't gone nowhere? He's still in the White House. Then you hire aid of somebody – of another situation that you were close to after you shanghai Chris Christie thing and make him think you he going to be part of your cabinet and you kicked him to the curb at the last minute messing with his head. And, I mean, I just – I don't understand it. I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous. It is completely ridiculous, all the stuff that's going on. This, this stuff is a racket. There's so much money being flushed around, and we as Americans are sitting back watching this circus we got a front row seat to a, a fiasco, and our and our children's children are going to pay for all this. If there's a world, you know, if Trump doesn't jump on the treason wagon and and works with Russia to take us down, you know, I don't know. It, it, this how this story is going to end is very interesting. I probably won't live to see it, but this is this story is going to end very interesting. Wow. Well. So the, the the girlfriend of the son, the girlfriend and the wife of both of Trump's sons, work for mm-hmm. this guy, mm-hmm. and they're getting paid how mm-hmm. much? Fifteen thousand a month. To do what mm-hmm. exactly? To campaign, to go around to set up things, to be a consultant with the to to stay in touch with the constituents, to run around. But they're getting paid fifteen thousand dollars a month. And so why does Trump even need his businesses when you you hit the biggest? It, it reminds me of Trump. It reminds me of the movie that Eddie Murphy said. Remember, remember the movie Eddie Murphy yeah. was oh, in. Oh, the distinguished gentleman. Distinguished gentleman. Uh-huh. When he was doing little mm-hmm. side hustles, and he said, "Man, we need to go somewhere where the streets are paved with gold." Remember that line mm-hmm. in that movie? Okay. And they got out of the hustling business and became, you know, vote for Jim Johnson, the name you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And they had that white couple. Who, who do we vote for? I think we vote for Johnson. Yeah. 
like that's who we usually vote for, right? Mm-hmm. They and didn't he, even know who it was. And he campaigned mm-hmm. out in the street with the loudspeaker, and he spoke in different languages depending on what neighborhood he, he was in. Different accents. Depending on what neighborhood he was riding to. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Eddie I'm Murphy fine. told us a long time ago how much D.C. you could suck out of it financially. <laughs> I told lobbyists to live in large. If you're a lobbyist, mm-hmm. hmm, please. I don't think I have the mm-hmm. stomach for it. Mm, this is too much. Too much BS. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I'm allergic right. to bull. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> bull seam and a bull. <laughs> Just bull. Anyway. Oh, shiggity. I'm allergic. All right. I got the next one. Um, this one's kind of left field here, and to me, it shows that a, a state is not on the same page. Georgia governor sues Atlanta mayor and city council. Mm. Uh, Brian Kemp, right. who's the governor of Georgia, sued Atlanta mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, where she's doing a great job, and city council members amid their efforts to mandate masks and enforce social distancing measures during the, this COVID-19 thing. The lawsuit comes as Atlanta has seen a surge in the COVID-19 cases. There were um, over 3,400 new cases of COVID-19 reported um, in Georgia, um, according to the health department there, um, as well as 13 deaths and 244 hospitalized. The governor said the city's recent executive orders, quote-unquote, were more restrictive than his, and Bottoms exceeded her authority. Really? Kemp tweeted uh. that the lawsuit is on uh, behalf of the uh, business owners and their hardworking employees who are struggling to survive during these difficult times. The lawsuit also said that um, some restaurants are closed in the belief that doing so is required to avoid enforcement um, action by the city. So enforcing mass and social distancing restrictions, the lawsuit said, will cause people to, quote-unquote, suffer immediate and imperable harm. Kemp's lawsuit also notes that the city uh, council does not have the power to pass ordinances that are con- contrary to his orders. Who in the hell do he really think he is? <laughs> I mean, oh, it's a power struggle is what it sounds like. Yeah, it, it has no merit. But because it's probably some of uh, uh, 45 people. Yeah, he he's is. Pushing, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's pushing to open because if not, then you're going to uh, crunch our money. You, you're not going to send us our money. We'll do. So this is why. And I think, too, because the mayor's black. You know, they, they don't want us to be in power. She was, she's really Democrat also. Yeah, she's yeah. Democrat and a female and black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And the only time I want to deal, and he feels the only time I want to deal with a black female is when jungle fever hits me for a few minutes. <laughs> I can get it out oh, of my no. system. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, I saw her. I saw. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cal. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I saw Mayor Bottoms on a couple of daytime uh, news shows today. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. only is he suing 
like the city, I guess, and the city council, he is suing Mayor Bottoms personally. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you coming for her individually? You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. this, you're taking this thing to a personal level now. Yeah. Trying, trying to push her to, to change things, that's all. She's just trying to change her to change things. If you you coming at me, then you mess with me and my livelihood and my family. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't care about that. I just, I think, Mm -hmm. just to comment on that for a second, I just think, like, people always say that even though they call Atlanta hot Atlanta and all the popularity and stuff that goes on with that, it's still the South. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's still the South. And I think that now the people in Atlanta really should rally around their mayor, you know? Everybody involved, mm-hmm. even Tyler Perry and everybody else who who has some interest yeah. in Atlanta, should get together yeah, and say, "Look, we, we need to help her. Yeah. We, we need to right. help her. We yeah. can't let her." Because what happens if she ends up resigning? Because that could be the ultimate thing too. Because after a while, a person yeah. like her, an intelligent person like her, who and I've seen her on interviews that that show. I never forget when they had all those mares on that day, mm-hmm. which was a great yeah, show. Had cool. her. Yeah, that was very right. very nice. But, you know, she could be like, you know what, I'm going to move to San Francisco and work with my friend in San Francisco, you know, and and run Mm -hmm. for legislation up there. And then you walk around, now you can end up with a a white Republican mayor in Atlanta, which Mm -hmm. would change everything. So when I look at her, I see the fluster in her. And underneath the mayor title, she's only human, you know, and she's a sensitive woman. And she could, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the first thing she could say is, look, I resign. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not here because yeah. you can't even in life and family, you can't take on but so much before you say, you know what, let me off this gravy train. I've had enough. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying and to she run. And her, uh, she and her husband are trying to recover from COVID-19. Yeah. At so the same she's time. Got yeah. That that's going on. yeah. Right. So I just feel like the, the city, hot Atlanta, with all their rappers mm-hmm. and all their everything and everything that people walk around like Atlanta's so hip and flavorful, then y'all need to get behind y'all black mayor. And help that sister out. I know that's right. That's just my. That opinion. sounds good, Papa. Yeah, I, I will put that out there. <laughs> yep, that, yeah. that should be a challenge. Yep, all the money. Yeah, because she need help right now. Money. Yeah, yeah, back her. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, this, but for the governor to say that this is causing people harm, I'm trying to understand how is it harmful because you're trying to protect people's life. Where where is the mm-hmm. harm? Yeah, that whole I that, don't even understand. Like what what is he talking that about? That whole mass situation to me is like I don't know. People people are like so anti that. Even in Utah, they were tripping how they didn't want to wear a mask. They ran the councilman out of town, and whew, it was just ugly. It's ugly. Like what is wrong? Mm-hmm. They, they just want to do the opposite of everything that they deem not right to them. And, I mean, this pandemic, mm-hmm. the second wave, the second wave is going to be stronger than the first wave. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, keep it yeah. up. Keep it up. Time's going to move on. It's going to be going all into November, December, January, you know? Well, you know, yeah. the way this whole mask situation debate has been going, you notice that a lot of the times the people that are talking the most smack are the ones who mm-hmm. have not had to deal with it. On a personal level mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know right. they're just talking Theoretically because this Week uh, of all people Chuck Woolery who used To be a game show host from back in the Day yeah. Chuck Woolery decided To get on Twitter and basically Kiss Trump's ass 
talking about uh, all of this stuff is a hoax. This is not even real, you know, and blah, blah, blah about COVID-19, yada, yada. And lo and behold, his son came down with it. And the very next day, he got on Twitter and said, okay, I stand corrected. This is real. Y'all need to protect yourselves. This is nothing to joke about. And apparently, he got, like, slammed for making the comment in the first place. And in between all that, Trump retweeted what he said about the whole thing being fake and a hoax and whatever. But then he had to come back and eat that because now his son is suffering from it. And I guess he got ragged so bad on Twitter, he shut down his Twitter account, canceled it. He was like, you know what, I'm out. I'm going to go sit down and shut the hell up and try to help my son recover. So he done got off of Twitter got off of this whole topic. Now he's a proponent of wear your mask, take care of your health. This is not safe. But see, because it hit him on a personal level, he changed his tune mm-hmm. overnight. But you got a lot of people mm-hmm. out here who still have not had to deal with it like that, so they still singing that same old stupid song. Wow. Wow. And it's wow. ridiculous that people are like him are acting like you don't like my brother used to tell me you don't believe crap stings till you smell it. So yeah, you smell it. Yeah, some folk gotta smell it before they believe it. Yeah, well, he's old has been. Yeah, I thought it was so crazy that Trump retweeted him of all people. I'm like, what authority mm. does he have? <laughs> you know. Anyway. Mm. All right. I'm off of it. Okay, I got one for you. This is interesting. Out of North Carolina, Asheville, to be precise, in an extraordinary move, the Asheville City Council apologized for the North Carolina City's historic role in slavery, discrimination, and denial of basic liberties to the black residents there in Asheville and voted to provide reparations to them and their descendants. It was a 7-0 to zero vote that happened on July 14th. And they said that hundreds of years of black blood spilled that basically fills the cup we drink from today. And that was what the councilman, Keith Young, said. He was one of two African-American members of the voting body and the measure's chief proponent. He said it's simply not enough to remove statues, but black people in this country are dealing with issues that are systemic in nature, which we've been saying like forever. But Asheville decided to put their money where their mouth is. So this uh, resolution does not mandate direct payments. So people will not be getting checks. But instead, what they're going to do is make investments in areas where black residents face disparities. So they're saying that uh, with budgetary and programmatic uh, priorities that may include but will not be limited to increasing minority home ownership and access to other affordable housing, they're going to increase minority business ownership and career developments. Um, They're going to put out things like strategies to help with generational wealth, closing the gap in health care. So they're basically really trying to balance the scale across the board. So it sounds like they're doing everything short of saying, here's a check. But they're doing Mm. everything else to say, you know, we know that housing has not been fair. 
you know, there has not been equity across the board in businesses. For those who want to start a business, can do it. They're setting up things in Asheville to try to balance that out. So I'd be curious to see how this turns out. I think it's a good first move, and it would be interesting to see if other cities follow their lead, you know. Yeah, but it's not. I don't I don't agree with it at all myself because how are you going to say that you're going to better somebody's community when if you what you're saying is that that's the community you want them to stay in. I mean, what you what you trying to do? Anchor them down to something? Why didn't you just give them money? I mean, what what, what why would why would somebody sit back and wait for somebody going to do something in the community. Hell, if I get a raise on my job or I start living better, then I don't even want to be in that damn neighborhood no more. If I better, anybody want to better themselves to somewhere that's more comfortable or more uh, more oriented to, to your life and your lifestyle or whatever it is you, where you are right now in your life. You know, when you say the black community, what are you going to do? You're going to fill a community up with, with something that the the community if it, if it ha- if the community had let me just sum it up if the community has not been like any other community in this world black community in this world if the community has not been taken care of in the last twenty years then it's run down so therefore the people that's only living there or the people that's dealing with the community being run down the people that they are living for the city like Stevie Wonder said living for the city and they deal with the crap. But the people that don't want to deal with that crap or don't want to live like that have already moved out. So you're going to satisfy the people that's already there and make it better for them. But once it gets nice, then white folks are going to try to peep that. Gentrification already proved that. Once you rectify something and make it nicer, white folks come back. And what if you have some interracial marriages in the mix and all of a sudden a black person in the interracial marriage die? Now the white person's left, and now they're bringing white folks in because they they were there because they came there married to a black person. So I got rights, and I mean, please, you know what I mean? It goes well, on and is, on and on and the on. The problem that I see with just giving someone money is that if the infrastructure hasn't changed, then when the money runs out, you're still in the same position. But it's going to change to benefit who, and how long is it going to take? By that time, the people that can't pay their rent is getting evicted. By the time you get yourself together, the construction ain't done overnight. Now, if construction don't take 10 years to build, half them people will be deeper in poverty than they've been. So what you going to do to sustain them while you're building? they got to be sustained. And that's, that's what they're, they're complaining about from the beginning. So you need to take care of them now in the beginning of their situation as opposed to, oh, we're going to build this nice Wizard of Oz over in, in Oz. But until Oz is built, then they still living on the outskirts of Oz. So would and you rather they do nothing? I'd rather them give them money, give them a damn check. And what I'm saying is then the question comes back to the circle of, okay, so if you give them, say, $10,000, if everybody and all their descendants got $10,000, you can't buy a house with $10,000. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't said, start wait a minute, ain't nobody saying nothing about no fine. How much are you going to spend for your ratification of the area? How much do you have to spend for that? Well, they haven't stated that yet. All right, well, that's, so we don't we'll, know. we'll see. But well, then you, you don't consider, know nothing. No, but you have to consider all of the things that they're talking about. But ain't nobody's it's not just housing. They're talking about investing in black businesses. 
that starts to feed into generations. But where is the money coming from, and how much is it they it's have to spend? coming from the city. I do not how know much? how much. Well, see, if you don't know, they then if you don't know and they don't know, then like Trump said, it's I, a hoax. They hope. didn't say they didn't know. Well, I just, you know. I'm you, just saying you're shooting it down before they even I ain't it. shooting nothing down. I'm just saying that I'm not believing the hype. If you don't have a dollar figure in place that and you're going to put out there. They have not released that information, so we don't know yeah, but the, how much. But if they came up and passed a resolution, you can bet they already know. Yeah, how but much why are you getting about. so strung out on the promises? You believe in all the promises. Oh, we're gonna do the upgrade, and it's saying all the right stuff. We're gonna do the disification of the black community. But this is sure that all sounds good. That sounds wonderful. Well, I'm what willing mean, to you you give it. them a chance and see what they're gonna do. <laughs> Yeah, okay. You know, because right. like this, I said, it's not just about housing. It's about right. education, right. about businesses, yeah, sure. about health care. It's about all the areas yeah. where black people are struggling. Wake me up now. when you get done dreaming because it's all a dream. They trying See, to like I said, you're shooting it down before they, they trying even to do sell anything. Them, them black folks a pipe dream. Let me this see. What's the budget? Carolina, right? Right. Yeah. What's the budget? Okay. How much yeah, y'all got to spend? We'll, anyway. We'll figure it out. <laughs> It'll come. Um, you know, this is um, Native American uh, country here in Asheville. It's oh, they, they call it Cherokee. Yeah. It's, check this out. I'm going to give you a little history on it. It says, before the arrival of the Europeans, mm-hmm. the land where Asheville now exists lay within the boundaries of the Cherokee Nation. We got some Spanish coming. Spanish explorer in 1540 came. Hernando de Soto came to the area uh, known as... Um, Warlocks or something, I can't pronounce it, bringing the first explorer visitors along with European diseases, which seriously depleted the native population. Mm -hmm. They depleted the the native population. The area was used as an open hunting ground until the middle of the 19th century. So Hmm. I'm like, okay, y'all, y'all taking from, again, from the Native Americans, they were there first. Yeah. Spanish explorers, Europeans, they're going to come and... They just trickle down. And once, <clears throat> then once people rob it, they rob the original area of all its, all this, just like the, the diamond caves yeah. in South Africa. Once they rob yeah. it from all this yeah. nutrition that the Native Americans put there, and, and the Europeans mm-hmm. come over because they... I, I'll give another little piece of... Uh, a little lesson as well. As blacks mm-hmm. were slaves and working on plantations, they mastered everything they did. And when they became free people, they had their own blacksmith businesses and everything. And then when the Europeans came over, they needed jobs. Irish, Italians, and they came over vicious. If they if you couldn't give them a job in your blacksmith place, they would just take it over. Because they were used to seeing slaves getting slapped around anyway. So why would they respect you when they already mm-hmm. seeing black people getting knocked around any damn way? So they would steal the businesses and then they come over with their dirty Johnsons and they would stick everybody with that and give everybody gonorrhea and syphilis and everything else because they were nasty and dirty from being on the ships and come in, come off the mm-hmm. ship horny, and they want to fuck everything in sight, excuse the expression. You know what I mean? It was a mess. It was an absolute mess, mm-hmm. absolute mess. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a mess. Well, it was a we, mess. We, we gave them a history lesson on Asheville. But I, I, I hear there's some old school people history. all the time. Yeah, oh, those Europeans are up Asheville. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, if you guys got any questions or comments, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306, and press 1 and to press get the queue. We're going to take a little All right. 
All right, we'll do that, and we're coming back with the Hit It and Quit It. Headlines on the other side of the break. You're in tune to the Late Night Adult Pajama Party right here on Blog Talk Radio. This is a production of DC Homegrown Entertainment. To share your opinion with the Pajama Party crew, call us on 914-803-4306 and press 1. If you'd rather just listen in, you can still call us and listen on your phone, or you can listen online by going to our website, www.apajamaparty.com, and clicking the Listen banner in the top right corner. So join the conversation and let us know what you think about tonight's topics or whatever is on your mind. Okay, who turned the lights off? Call us now, 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. One of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Cheers. All cheers, right. Kettle. Everybody, cheers. Everybody cooled off down for there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah, okay. Once we start getting into a history lesson, boy, woo, there's a lot of history. Um, Absolutely. Talking about, talking about history. Washington Redskins, the Washington Warriors, as they may be called. Uh, NFL team hires a law firm to review an allegations of workplace misconduct. Our owner, Dan Snyder, has hired a D.C. law firm to review the Washington NFL team culture, policies and allegations of the workplace misconduct. Beth um, Wilkerson of Wilkerson Walsh confirmed to the Associate Press on Thursday that the firm had been retained to conduct an independent review. Interesting. It was not immediately clear what those misconduct allegations were. Within the past week, three members of the front office have left the organization. Director of Player Personnel Alex Santos, uh, also Assistant um, Richard Mann II, and longtime broadcaster and senior vice president Larry Michael are no longer with the team. Um, Michael had been um, with the team for 16 years. Um, also, um, the team promoted Jeff Scott to assistant director of pro scouting and advanced coordinator to replace man. Washington is in the midst of several months of significant changes. Um, President Bruce, Bruce Allen um, was fired at the end of the 2019 season, and Coach Ron Riviera was hired on uh, New Year's Eve day. Um and giving control of football operations in the team. Um, and also they're um, talking about dropping the name the Redskins um, after 87 years. Wow, that's a long time. Yep. So uh, they got some things going on in, in this particular organization. Um, I did hear that um, 14 uh, uh, cheerleaders have come forward talking about misconduct. So um, it's a lot going on. So they're going to need a strong uh, uh, law team to help them. Let's see what's going to happen. All right. What you guys think? What do you think? Think think about the name change? They change it? 
Uh, well, they 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 don't have no choice. As far as the uh, the main thing now was the uh, sponsors. You know what I mean? Kicking in all that dough, so you can wave their banners high. As far as you know, uh, everything everybody that was selling stuff to them or they was using their products, and that was mm-hmm. a big loss for them. So, right. You say it sounds like it's gonna be the Warriors. Sound like the name's gonna be or Warriors. Mm-hmm. Mm. They they said they obtained it. the um yeah they had, they obtained the name but then they um uh, didn't renew the name or something so I guess they're gonna see if they can try to get it back but uh, that's the front runner right now the Warriors. So. Okay. Yep. But um, <sighs> that's gonna be what's gonna happen with yeah but it's I mean it's, it's been a serious shakeup these people leaving something's going on so. <laughs> Oh yeah, with the then a scandal of sexual thing and oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's all bad timing for them. They, I know, I know the donor is losing his mind right now. He's he's going through a real dark zone. I'm quite sure, but uh, it's just time for change. That's all. Simple as that. Time for change. So. Yeah, and plus they need yeah. to put the stadium in D.C. You know, they over there in yeah. Landover, Maryland. Yeah. What the hell is that about? Yeah. That's right, you know. John. <laughs> Well, you might as well change the name to Merlin something. Merlin uh, Warriors. I mean, you ain't in D.C. So, what? Where? How does yeah. the Washington? How does the word Washington even coincide when you're not even? Because I know a lot of places are in like Dallas is in Irvington, but uh, right. you know, Lisa is Texas. Yeah. You know, but anyway, but yeah, they're in a whole that's other thing. Yeah, but man, she's trying hard to try to get them back here anyway. So, we'll see what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Our next story. Uh, now, here's another uh, dreamer situation. The Democrats are proposing $350 million in aid for minority communities in the next COVID bill. Now, this is the same thing we were speaking on about the other situation in North Carolina. You know, people can propose money for specific things in hand, but, you know, we have to make sure this money gets there immediately as opposed to planning and but you know look the Republican Senate's gonna knock that down because everything has to be approved through the Senate. And when they go now I'll go with the story here. The uh the Senate Senate Democrat wants to include three hundred fifty billion dollars in aid for communities of color. See there you go again. communities of color. So if you're you're justifying communities of color like like that's where we're we're planted. You know what I mean? There's white folks living in these communities also. Don't think they're not. They're just not that noticeable. Even in Prince George County, as black as it is, I see white folks walking around, you know? I mean, they made, they kind of invisible because of the popularity when they walk in. Like, oh, wow, what's that white person doing here? You know, you're sitting out back or something eating with all blacks everywhere, and then here comes a black couple. I mean, here comes a white couple in there. You say, wow, what are they doing here? Well, they live in Prince George County. It's as black as it is, but when you say communities, communities aren't all predominantly black. So whatever you do with that community, everybody's going to take advantage of it. So just get back to the wording of what they're saying, the way they, the narrative they put us in. Senators, Senate Democrats want to include $350 billion in aid for communities of color as part of the next COVID relief package, with negotiations expected to start as soon as next week. Okay, the proposal unveiled by uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Charles Schwimmer, Schwimmer on Thursday, will provide $135 billion for jobs, like the North Carolina thing, 
for jobs, child care, mental health, and primary care. The other $250 billion will be for uh, infrastructure, homeowners' uh, down payments on tax credit, and expanding Medicaid. Now, are we specifically going to know where this is going to go? Are we going to throw it up in the air and see where it lands, you know? All right, long before the pandemic, long before this restitution, uh, long before this year's protest structure, inequalities and, and persistent non-healthcare situations in housing and economical education has always been uh, an issue. So now are we using COVID to finally do something about it or when you're admitting the fact that it's always been an issue? So, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. You know, uh, so 15... Uh, Senate Democrats, including Schumer and other uh, co-sponsors of the Economical Justice Act, and the cost of which uh, would be partially paid for by the reprogramming uh, $200 billion in unspent funds from the March uh, $2.2 trillion COVID relief bill known as the uh, CARES Act. So they got some money left from that. I knew they did because a trillion dollars is a lot of damn money. So, I mean... To open up the discussion on this here, you know, there again, just like the uh, North Carolina overtone, it seems to have the same subchapter on all these different contributions that are going to take place. But there again, they always talk about the actual community, which the community hasn't even been justified to be a bona fide community. I mean, is that where we where, where we are? I mean, if you give it all to, if you when you say community, you're talking about a place like uh, Trinidad in D.C. You know what I mean? And that's a black community. But then white folks are living in Trinidad now. That's true. Big time. Okay? Right across the street yeah. from, uh, what's that main street that goes down in Trinidad? Uh, is that West Virginia West Avenue? West Virginia Avenue. West Virginia mm-hmm. Avenue. Yeah, you got you got bougie white folks living on that street as well as street walkers at night. Okay? So it's a combination of stuff. And it's right there next to a uh, college for the, the deaf. So... Mm-hmm. All, that that whole community has five or six different subchapters in it, mm-hmm. and everybody is suffering from the situation in there, from the poverty. And then white folks move there because it's cheap to live there. So now anything that the, that that neighborhood benefits, they're going to benefit because they live behind iron bars and the alarm systems, a dog and a gun. So they're going to outlive most of the blacks in that neighborhood. Because they're hanging out in the street mm-hmm. doing drugs and, and, and selling themselves and all kind of stuff in the street. While white folks, you can tell the house that white people live in, it almost looks like a fortified castle. Huh. Alarm system, mm-hmm. gated area. I mean, you've gone Freshly through. Freshly painted. Freshly painted, big, big picture windows, bay windows. I mean, it's a huge difference. But if they bring something in the neighborhood and bring all this fabulous stuff, don't think the white folks ain't going to come out of the house and go in that brand-new supermarket or have the opportunity to do businesses or take advantage of the mortgage situation because, well, what do you, you're, you're black, you're white, uh, this is for the community. Well, I live on West Virginia Avenue. How are you going to deny me of blah, 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 blah? Anyway, let me right. shut up. Let me shut up. Yeah. Right. You're talking some good stuff, Papa. Yeah, you're talking some good stuff. You know, that makes me think about when you when you were in school, like kindergarten, and you take something to school that you want to share with your friends, cookies or something. Your parents always mm-hmm. taught you, you bring enough for everybody. You don't come in there and say, mm-hmm. okay, I just brought enough for me and the little girl that sits next to me, and there's 10 other kids in the class. 
So when I think about them trying to, you know, clean up or or beautify the neighborhood, how are you going to pick and choose and say, well, we're going to beautify this street, but we're going to skip this street? That's what I said. If you're going to drop money and fix everything, you got to bring enough for everybody. Fix all of it or leave it alone, but don't pick and choose. Anyway, speaking of shortages and not having enough, the, the drug that's being used to help treat COVID-19 patients, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, rem, remdesivir, there's a major shortage going on with this drug. Now, some of the states are facing the surge of coronavirus, and they're saying that they're running low on remdesivir. Right, and right now, that's the only drug approved to treat COVID-19. But in contrast, you got other parts of the country who've got plenty of it. So once again, people are looking for uh, guidance from the federal government, and they're not getting it. There's no balance of how, how do you end up with a drug that there's a limited supply of where in hot spots where you need it, they don't have enough, and then in spots that aren't as hot, they're sitting there with plenty of it stockpiled. This is crazy. So what's happening is that the doctors in the areas where the shortages are are being forced to pick and choose who they treat based on the limited supply that they have. And the doctors are like, their hearts are being ripped right out of their body, you know, emotionally, because they're having to choose. They're having to look at a patient and basically sum it up and feel like, okay, clearly this person is not going to make it. So do we really want to use, you know, however many cc's of this medication for somebody who's not going to make it versus here's somebody over here who seems to have a fighting chance, let's give it to them. And this person over here, we're just going to try to keep them comfortable for as long as, you know, that they hang on. You know, that's the kind of choices that these doctors are having to make. And this is a horrible position to put them in. I mean, like you said, people are only human. These doctors are human. They have emotions. They have feelings. They don't want to be in this position. But because the way that this drug has been distributed, they're having to make these hard choices. So they're saying that in centers like in Florida, where you've got about 4,800 people who've died of the virus and more than 315,000 that's been infected, uh, you've got record numbers of deaths that are coming in down in Florida, for example. They say that they've got roughly 14,000 new confirmed cases and nearly 9,000 hospitalizations. And they're saying that their remdesivir, remdesivir, I still can't say it, remdesivir has been difficult for them to get for the last week or so. But in other, like I said, you got other places where they got too much of the drug. So, you know, it's almost like when we were talking about the drought, where you got a drought in one area and flooding in another, and you would think, okay, well, why don't y'all send the water in the flooded areas to the people in the drought areas and balance it out? But it just doesn't seem to work like that. So even though they're saying that this drug is not a cure, it does seem to help with the recovery time. So I don't know what they're going to do, but they're saying that the federal government is supposed to be overseeing the distribution and handling the allotments, you know, with the Health and Human Services. Uh, I think FEMA may be involved in all this. They said at first it was running through FEMA, 
and then it got left in the hands of the local health department. So FEMA just said, look, y'all figure it out. And that all comes from on the top. If the feds aren't going to handle it and do it correctly, and all of that falls back to 45 and his administration, they botched it from the very beginning, and once it got totally screwed, then they left it to the the local governments and said, all right, look, y'all handle it. Y'all mm. figure it out. And, of course, what can they do? They're not able to go out and procure the amount of stuff they need because all of that costs money that they don't have. The feds got the money. So how are you going to handle it at your local level if you don't have the federal budget to be able to go do it? The whole thing is just crazy. So I feel bad for these doctors, you know, having to make those kind of choices. You know, it's like you're playing God. Yeah. You're having to choose, you know, who do I treat and who do I not based on the supply so, so that I have. And the elderly. So they can't make the drug fast enough? I guess not. I don't know if it's a matter of, well, it, it can't it's, just be that because if they got plenty you know, in other places. It, it's it's such a, everything is a, it's, it's a racket. Like anything else in the world, concert tickets. Uh, look, look at look at Lysol wipes and you know uh, Clorox wipes. You know where 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 they disappear to. I go in Walmart. I have been in Walmart when the store first opened lately. In line when they first opened, maybe the eighth or ninth person in line. And I'm trying to figure out where are the Clorox wipes or the Lysol wipes or even mm-hmm. the generic wipes. That somebody is hovering these things, whether it's the employees or whatever. But people need to get to the point to understand that once you start hoarding stuff too much, then what's your purpose? And if you're selling stuff illegally and all that jazz, I mean, what, what are you what are you trying to do? I mean, yeah, you only need Lysol wipes to disinfect an area. If you're sitting there with fifty thousand of them in your basement. Because you work for Walmart and you got the inside track, you know the guy on the truck. Every time he comes in, you grab seven, 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 seven. And you went home with seven things of Lysol wipes for the last two months. That's seven times 60, all right? Seven times 60. You got over 240 things of Lysol wipes. Now you sell them to the neighborhood, to the people, to the streets and all. But look at everybody out here that goes in Walmart to get them just so they can have one in the kitchen to wipe off the damn counter. Look at all the people that you're hurting because you're trying to make some money off of the situation. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, crazy. Just, it's ugly. And the same with the pills and the same with everything else. Same with concert tickets. You want to go to a concert with a popular person, you look up and it's sold out. Who's buying Prince tickets in 15 minutes? When Prince was living, you know, like so it pays off fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, but it's not the fact that everybody's buying them in fifteen minutes. You got some undercover people that got access to something, and they're they they got a machine, and they're able to give me. They don't care what they get, long as they get tickets. They're not like anybody else want to sit down. They going to take their significant other for whatever birthday or an occasion or what have you. They try to get Pacific seats somewhere, but people that are scalping them, they just give give me the whole three hundred one section which is the center of the upstairs looking directly at the stage. That area is sold out. Bam. But the one person brought 200 yeah. tickets. So it's this has been going on forever. It just trickled down to Lysol wipes and trickled down to pills. But it's been going on forever, believe me. Well, just to, in summary, 
um, the distribution that they're getting of medication. They get their distributions like every other week, but the problem is what they get every other week is based on the case count from the week before. So if the week before you only had, say, 100 cases, then what you're getting two weeks later is based on 100 cases. But meanwhile, if in the following couple days you get 300 cases, now by the time your shipment comes in, you're going to be really short. Mm. And with them dealing with something so unpredictable, that's a faulty process because you can't predict. And if they're saying, okay, what was your case count? All right, that's what you get for the next in the next two weeks. That's, this is crazy. But anyway, we're supposed to be hitting them and quitting them, so I'm quitting. All right, I got the next one. Um, <laughs> talking about your boy, 45, him and his friends, are Russian hackers targeting coronavirus vaccine research. National security agencies in, in the U.K., United States, and Canada um, accuse hackers linked to Russian intelligence services of targeting organizations conducting the COVID uh, vaccine research. The U.K.'s National um, Cybersecurity Center issued the joint advisory, which was um, also shared by the U.S. National Security uh, NSA and Cybersecurity, um, as well as Canada's uh, Communication Security. Um, Everybody was notified. How about that? (laughs) The agency was warned that the group known as APT29, also referred to as the Duke, a cozy bear, were behind the attacks. It was not immediately clear if the group was successfully um, uh, in obtaining any uh, data. Um, they said throughout 2020, the APT29 has targeted various organizations involved in the COVID-19 vaccine developed in Canada, United States, and the U.K., highly likely, likely with the intention of stealing information and um Intellectual property relating to the development and testing of the COVID vaccine. So y'all just hacking and just stealing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes on to say several of the leading vaccine candidates are being developed uh, by researchers in the U.S. and U.K. and Canada, with all three governments pouring billions of dollars into um, institutions and uh, drug makers to boost testing and production. Um, Interesting. This is crazy. I know. Kind of what we just talked about. They're trying to get a jump. They're trying to get a jump on the on the cure, huh? I I guess so. Oh, um, they also mentioned that the the drug that um, the president was talking about says one of the most promising candidates developed by the uh, NIH and the drug company uh, Moderna is set to begin um, a key final round of testing later on this month. So he did mention that early on, like about what two months or a month and a half prior. So oh, okay. uh, Trump must have had some insight on what was going on. Who knows? He, he can be part of this this stuff here. <laughs> so yeah, never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. All right, back over to you, Papa D. Well, this is about Mike Huckabee, who was a crook anyway from the beginning. Mm. And he's got a history for a kid's company. His kid's company, his kid's uh, history for kid's company is accused of scam. Uh, Learn Our History is the company that uh, former Governor uh, 
Governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee, co-founded in 2011 to make it fun for kids to learn American history, has spent the past week funneling hundreds and thousands of dollars into Facebook ads promoting a no-risk deal. The two-time presidential candidate candidate uh, said he's giving away an educational booklet such as The Kids' Guide to President Trump for, oh, for free or just $1 per item and a patriotic bungle special. All right, now listen to this crap. He's phoning to these parents about, to kids about, this is just white paraphernalia, okay, that they're selling, and white people feel like they're on the right side of white is buying this crap, okay? The mainstream media didn't want your children to know the truth about President Trump and, and his achievements in, in office. This is what he's declaring, that the recent ads, the kids' guide, is what and why we're making it free so you can learn more about what Trump is all about in a truthful way instead of learning from the the uh, unfair media. Okay. Oh, boy. But the offer is far from free. Parents across the country described a bait-and-switch scheme that they said duped them into signing up for $20 a month subscriptions without their knowledge. Mm-hmm. Benny said that the company ignored their repeated requests to cancel the subscription. They weren't even able to to cancel the subscription because it was on a on a round a loop kind of thing, you know you're clicking here, clicking there, clicking there, clicking there, yeah. and you just you over. can't cancel anything, leaving them locked into the payment for products that they never wanted in the first place. Okay, yeah. also their children can learn about Huckabee's version of the truth and about history, <laughs> which critics describe as uh, pretend. It's called uh, some people call it kitty paraphernalia. And it's full of all kind of, you know, he's into the religious thing. So it's got a bunch of Christian-based nationalist uh, revolution, right right ring political stuff based Mm. on white people, basically. Propaganda. Propaganda for white people on a political tip. That is crazy. Rather than targeting the medically uh, desperate desperate and vulnerability, Huckabee's history for kids company has been, uh, been, uh, he's been hustling the parents and their children to be stuck at home and he wants them to continue to buy his books and everything he's and it pops up or if you go on Facebook you'll see you'll see it all over the place. Hmm. Huckleby's uh what's it called? It's called the uh Learn Our History by hmm. Governor Mike Huckleby. That is insane. Yeah, and, and Facebook is uh you know so pushing these products. Switching people like that? Baiting the switch. You click on something and think, Oh, okay, it's a dollar, I'm gonna get this for my kids. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. you're in a in a monthly subscription that you didn't try. You now, didn't here's the man whose daughter was speaking for Trump. You know, remember yeah. her? Oh, yeah. Good old yeah. Sarah. Remember Sarah? She left. She ran up out of here. Sure mm-hmm. did. She claimed said, she wanted to, like, she, she said she wanted to pursue her political stuff. She, she said, I'm going to get the hell up out of here. And have we heard from her mm-hmm. since? Not at all. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. She ain't pursuing shit. She's in some weird, some island. She said, I'm She said, I'll put my church <laughs> finger up and tip on out. Yeah, and I, I ain't coming you. back. And that white girl that's we got in there now, she's off the chain. That young girl in there now? Yeah. She's off she's... the chain. Mm-hmm. I think that she... crazy blonde. That's what he liked, the blonde one. That's what he liked. And now she thinks faster on her feet than 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 uh than I think the other one. Both of them put together. Huckleby's daughter mm-hmm. and the one. What's the other one? The other the other crazy one. Uh, 
Oh, you talking about uh, with the crazy hair, Kelly? Kelly, Kelly yeah. She's 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 quicker than both of them. When it comes to what? no, no, he didn't mean that. He didn't know that's not what he meant. So why does somebody <laughs> got to go on stage and tell? Why does somebody got to go on the podium and tell people what a person meant to say? Don't focus mm. on what they said, but always say no, no. That he didn't. No. That's not what he meant. That's her biggest mm. thing every mm. time she talks. That's yeah. not what he meant. When she said something crazy mm. the other day, and the mayor of Chicago, Mayor Lightfoot, mm. Mayor Lightfoot mm-hmm. was. Born. She told her, "Watch your mouth, Karen." She called her Karen, like those metal and white people. She said, "Watch your mouth, Karen." I said, "Uh oh, uh oh." That was a good one. <laughs> Uh, uh, they keep messing with these black mares. They gonna get more than they bargained for. Yeah, I tell you that I mayor of Atlanta so. really needs some help. Like you said, mm-hmm. Kettle, she needs to bring out send out a battle cry in Atlanta for help. Cause you know yeah. she's a nice lady. She's a nice lady. Now, I don't want to see her lose her mind. Mm-hmm. Because working by yeah. yourself with these situations, you you know to say, boy, you see the mayor of uh, Atlanta, boy, she looks old. Boy, hair's all gray. She get that should make make you crazy. Make yeah, crazy after a while. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, right. Well, we don't think that'll help you relax. Yeah, that's what we're getting ready to get into. All right. The cocktail what you got for of us? the week, week, week. The watermelon Ooh. cucumber cooler. Hey, well, well, I know that's right. You want to freshen it up and lighten it up for sure. Um, you, your ingredients are one and a half ounces of watermelon juice, fresh, two slices of cucumber, one and a half ounces of gin, um, aviation American gin or gin of your choice. I prefer Bombay Sapphire. Um, a half yeah. an ounce of simple syrup, three fourth ounces of lime juice, fresh, a pinch of salt, one and a half ounces of uh, soda, water, and garnish with the cucumber slice. So we're going to gather all the ingredients, press the watermelon to make juice, and then juice or muddle it, um, strain and serve one and a half ounces of the juice, place the cucumber in mixing glass and muddle, add the gin, fruit juice, simple syrup and salt, and shake vigorously for 30 seconds, fine strain into a highball glass filled with fresh ice, top it off with the soda water. And garnish it with the cucumber slices. All right, man. Sounds pretty good to Ooh. me. Watermelon cucumber cooler. That is yep. the perfect That's summertime drink. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. Sounds Ooh. nice and refreshing and clean. And Yep. That's it. And crisp. Yep. So. All right. Well, thank you for that, Kettle. And the cocktail of You're the week welcome. is brought to you by DZ Homegrown Entertainment. Our parent company. We do thank them for that. Uh, let's see where are we going next. We got Papa Didi coming up next with what's popping. You ready to tell us what's popping, Papa Didi? Yeah, we can take a little break. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're coming back with Papa Didi and what's popping on the other side of the break. It's another Friday night at the Pajama Party Show, and we're here with our PJs on because you know we don't allow clothes in here. If you enjoyed the Pajama Party Show, why not invite a friend or tell a neighbor to tune in right now? Go ahead and text them. I'll wait. Tell them to call us right now at 914-803-4306. 
And if they want to join in on the conversation, tell them to press 1 so that we'll know they have something to say. We'd love to meet your neighbors, friends, and relatives, so send them a text, email them, or call them up and tell them to join us for the Pajama Party live on Blog Talk Radio. The more the merrier. Or is it Misery Loves Company or whichever? Tell them to call us up on 914-803-4306 if they just want to listen or press 1 if you want to join the conversation. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party Show while I try to find out who hid the belt from my robe. I tell you the truth. Y'all know you're so wrong for that. All right, welcome back to the John Party One. Who's Papa Didi? Me with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. It is now time for the infamous, world famous Papa Didi, and what's popping? So let me ask you, Papa Didi, what's popping? Boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs> I need some theme music. Wow, you know we we talked about a lot of subjects uh, today, uh, scandals with. Huckabee and, and all kind of crap going on with everything. I mean, man, I tell you, I don't even know where this world is headed. You know, this is this is getting ugly on all four sides. I mean, and the biggest thing you could do today, I think, is to pay attention to your own business, you know. First and foremost, I mean, you can have your beliefs and everything that you want to believe in, but the first thing you got to do is put an umbrella around your own life. You really got to focus on... What you got going on with your with with your life with your creditors, how you're jockeying them and how you're jockeying your bills at this time and and taking advantage of anything that you can take advantage of because a lot of a lot of creditors are giving different you know solace for 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 the COVID thing they're giving people breaks on time frame to pay stuff and handle stuff and and call you know call the creditors and give them your story anybody you owe give them a call you know get call them as soon as they open up because the lines are long. And they're gonna have you on hold forever. So that place opens up at nine. Call it nine oh five. Get you a piece of paper and a pencil and a pen and just tell them what's up. You know, tell them you you're suffering with this and that and your income ain't but this and that and uh, you know, I need to take care of this and that and I can't pay this right now because I'm doing other things and trying to handle this. Whatever bill you that you're calling, blame the problem on the other bill. You know, if you if you if you're talking to the mortgage company, blame it on the car insurance and the car note. And electric and the gas. If you're talking to the gas company, blame on the electric and the mortgage company. If you're talking to the gas company, blame it on the electric company. You know what I'm saying? Blame it on anybody you ain't talking to. You know what I'm saying? That's how you work it. And just, you know, and be, be be personal. Be open with them. Tell them what's happening exactly, what your situation is, where the money's going, and what you, you know, tell a little white lie if you have to. I mean, because it's available for you. And they're they're getting paid. See, a lot of people don't realize that creditors out here, they have insurance policies like anything else. So therefore, if they can't get money from the people that they that they owe money from, then they have insurance policy to come to kick in for them. Don't think your mortgage company doesn't have an insurance policy just in case there is some type of pandemic or a, a national disaster where the insurance company will pay them ten million dollars to cover them while they can't receive money from their clients. So everybody's getting paid from somebody. So don't 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 even you know don't have no sympathy for it. Just have sympathy for yourself. Charity begins at home. Take care of your own ass before you go out there. Like I say, charity begins at home and then goes abroad, not the other way around. 
So handle yourself. Look and see what you got going on and, and, and handle your business, you know. And uh, and also, you know, just kind of stay away from the drama. You know, I mean, I, I recently experienced some drama, you know, on my own personal job. And it's just, yeah, I'm just out of that game anymore today. You know, I'm, I'm learning that I'm, we go to we go to work to, to, to make a living. You know, sometimes we talk and we talk too much. Sometimes we be, be, befriend people that, you know, it blows up in your face after a while. You know, so just, I mean, I'm learning that, you know, just, damn. You know, the, the, you got to keep your mother's love in your own compound. You know, you try to go to work and throw your mother's love out there to people. They don't respect that shit, so fuck them. You know what I mean? Straight up. You know, no disrespect, you know, but respect them as a coworker. But, but deep down inside, shit, after a while, you know what I mean? It's like, hey. I tried to be your friend. You end up screwing me in the end, so the hell with you. Let me just we let's just let's just get this work done that we do here on the job. Let's just load this peanut butter on the damn shelf, whatever you do for a living. And when the when the buzzer goes off, get your hands up out of there. You know, we try to befriend people and we go places for a drink afterwards and and you know, oh my coworker, remember, it's just a damn coworker deep down inside. So don't take that shit too far. Anyway, I mean, if they're cool, they're cool. But if they're not, fuck them. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Okay. I'm leaving it at that. Hear you. How about that? I hear you. No disrespect. No disrespect. I know sometimes we try to hang on to people, and they just keep on doing things to you, and then you finally wake up and, and ask yourself, why am I trying to maintain this relationship with this person. Yeah, I mean, if people are cool, they're cool. You know, you can take it to another level. But if you if you deal with people that are flaky and flighty and you know dishonest and full of shit, you know, and that's that's not what you go to work for. You know, you go to work to make a living. Yeah, to let and them go. And if you can't if you can't bond in, in a way where you are really having a, a suitable friendship like you have with your family, and and people always there's, there's an objective and there's a, you always got to watch yourself and. And everything's always sneaky and creepy, you know. Please. Okay. Break. Anyway. I hear you. Well, thank you for that, Papa Didi. So that's what's popping. That was a good one. Yeah, for now. That was a good one. All right. All right, Kelly. What are we going to do? Well, you going to lighten it up? All right. <laughs> lighten it up. Let's take it to, <laughs> take it to the right, weird come side. On with come on with All it, right. wine. Come on with it. I got one for you tonight on the weird news. This one's coming out of Iceland. Okay, so people around the world are finding different ways to relieve stress during the coronavirus pandemic. Some have tried running, gardening, doing puzzles, and cooking, but what about screaming? Promote Iceland, which encourages tourism to their country, is encouraging people to scream to relieve pent-up frustration. And even if you can't travel to Iceland to do it, you can scream into your own device and your voice will be broadcast throughout the empty Icelandic countryside. So you can scream in Iceland from here. It says they've got a website for the ad campaign that shows yellow loudspeakers playing the screams of people from all over the globe in front of peaceful scenery like glaciers, caves, and waterfalls, 
they've got a button at the top of the site that invites users to join in with this phrase. It says, tap to screen. So you hit the button, you scream, and your screams are being projected through these speakers in Iceland in these various kind of remote locations. They said according to uh, the news release, the speakers are located at seven locations across Iceland, and uh, people who participate receive a video of their scream as it's broadcast. So there you go. You're looking for a way to relieve coronavirus stress? Go scream in Iceland and get the video. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, you never know. You got to do whatever works. Yeah, I know that's right. All right. What you got over there, Papa? Oh, this is, man, I didn't know that these towns are so southern, man. This is in Colorado, which is, uh, this is about 165 miles west of Denver, Colorado. place called Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Mm. Steamboat Springs, that sounds a hickey as hell. Anyway, a Colorado town is using a generator to operate its power power grid after a lightning hit a transformer and caused the, what the officials were calling a perfect storm of mechanical failure. Now, the Oak Creek, which is a county named Oak Creek uh, town administrator, Chris Johnson, said that the community began work to replace the transformer after the lightning strike on Friday. Uh, this was reported by the Steamboat Pilot, which is a newspaper, and even reported on Today, Today, which is the NBC program. The town is attempting to acquire fuses that are special size and difficult to obtain. As a result of a small grid and a small substation, they can't find these fuses no more. So officials in a town 150 miles west of Denver, like I said, has a search nationwide and placed a special order for the fuses, which Johnson said are expected to arrive in three to four weeks. Other parts of the electrical system failed when workers attempted to restore the grid after the lightning, and the town has exhausted its inventory of spare parts. The generator ran out of the generator using ran out of fuel and caused a short power outage Friday, which Johnson uh, attributed to the increased use of fans and refrigerators and air conditioning units as a result of the hot weather. Oak Creek residents are urged by Johnson in a uh, social media post to conserve energy. We're asking everybody to do what they can to help us heat the power on in the town now. Now, my this is it sounds this more doesn't sound more like weird news. It sounds like a, like a like a advisory or something. But what I'm saying is that how the hell is this town suffering with anything when marijuana is legal? That's okay? a good question. Denver. It is, sounds like they got real old equipment because if you got to do all that to find a replacement part, that must be some antiquated equipment. Yeah, but they got plenty of weed. Well, they can exchange it. You know. No, but Denver, Colorado is so far when it comes to paying their taxes and all, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they have no debt there. The budget is endless because there's so much money being made on marijuana in, in the whole Denver area, the whole Colorado state. That I wonder why this state yeah, is they in just such need to dire upgrade their, their stuff. Yeah, crazy. I guess, they, I guess <laughs> they're they running will. the whole town on a generator. Yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> 165 miles, 156 miles away, they live in a life of Raleigh. Yeah, in Denver. So how the hell? How the hell is these people suffering? When you drive 150 miles, 156 miles away, is like going from D.C. to to Philly. You That's know, crazy. 
So why they, why are they they need to go into the marijuana business or something? They really do. They really yeah. do. Yeah. So God bless them up here and Steam but they need to change that name. Steamboat Springs, Colorado, really? Come on. <laughs> change they need not only change they need to change the damn uh electrical system as well as the name of the town. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's all I got on that. Okay. All right. Steamboat I got a crazy Springs. one about a about a about a peacock. Oh, boy, okay. here we go. Down a short cul-de-sac in North Oakland, an unusual blue and green feathered neighbor has recently moved into someone's yard. His name is Bruce, or Paco, or Peter, or Pierre, or Abraham. Okay. Apparently, it's difficult to settle on a name for the neighborhood peacock. Most neighbors are fans of the peacock on um, Occident- Occidental Street. Saying the sight of him brings joy to the uh, life of uh, of the quarantine, but for a few, his his um, presence is hell on earth. <laughs> and, and they contacted the authorities to voice their complaints. For the past fifteen weeks or so, um, he has screamed relentlessly every day. Wrote neighbor Jesse T. It's so loud inside my house; it literally feels like he is inside my house. So wow. the city of Oakland received a noise um, complaint about the peacock and sent an animal control officer to block uh, to investigate. No action was taken to the um, to, relo- to relocate the bird. He is believed to be a feral and rumored by neighbors to be the same peacock that lived at a nearby location for four years prior to. Until the resident who fed him moved, so he moved to another ah. little town, I guess. <laughs> um, so in Oakland's Grand Lake neighborhood, a wild turkey named Gerald has been chasing terrorized visitors at the Morecambe Rose Garden in San Francisco. Coyotes have been capitalizing on the empty streets, flocking in yards. And even God. scaling rooftops. So they got different situations going on in different places, <laughs> different animals. They made a wild turkey is chasing people? Wild turkey named Gerald. His name is Gerald now. Has been chasing oh, ter- Gerald. terrorizing visitors at this okay. um, rose garden. Yeah. Hmm. And I said in, uh, in Coyote, they've been uh, scaling the streets too. So, wow. Okay. <laughs> Stay away from that culture set. So the peacock is yelling and screaming, making a lot of racket. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. That's usually okay. the case when you have a. That's usually the case when you have a, a animal of a of unusual type. It's like easy fifty percent of the people love it and fifty percent of people hate it. It's like when people own pigs, for example, you know. Some people, oh, they have a pet pig. Oh, it's so it's so cute. It's so cute. And then you got other people in the neighborhood saying they really need to get rid of that damn pig. You know, it's always 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 the case. I mean, some half people love it, half people hate it. You know, you can't please. Society is rough today. We live in a fifty-fifty world. I don't care if you come up with the best idea in the world anywhere. Somebody's gonna strike it down when you (laughs) present it in a crowd. You can go to a crowd with the best ideals in the world that you worked on, everything. Somebody sit back and say, "I don't like it. I don't like it." You know, they, they did no damn work on it. They did a damn, no research. You did all this research, and somebody going to say, I don't like it. You'd be like, you know what, fuck you. Anyway. 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our weird news for tonight. Wow. Yep. We we gone from Iceland to Colorado to Oakland. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm up next. Can I go? I'm ready to go. Can I go? If you, you do want to, yeah. I want to go. Do, do your thing. Okay. Do your thing. We got red wine in her segment. I'm just saying. What you what you saying this week? Uh, oh, you know what? I think I'm saying let's just take a quick break, and then I'll go. Mm-hmm. I know I was all hyped up to go, but let's take a break, and we're coming right back after the break. Hi, this is Papa Didi. You haven't heard of the Pajama Party, you're missing out. We got hot topics, hidden quitter headlines, what's popping with me, weird news, I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city again with me, the Hollywood wrap up with kettle, the cocktail of the week, the world's famous kiss at list, and of course, the last word. We serve up each week on the Pajama Party Show. And nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at 914-803-4306 or listen at www.apajamaparty.com and also follow us on Twitter at apajamaparty. Welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your host, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. And we're going to uh, feature uh, Red Wine and uh, her segment, I'm Just Saying. Okay. What's she just saying? I'm ready. Tonight, I'm just saying, how much is enough? That's my topic. How much is enough? Now, of course, the coronavirus pandemic has caused all kind of havoc, but Part of the problem is that it's led a lot of the large companies in the U.S. to declare bankruptcy, including some of the old diehards like your J.C. Penney and Hertz Rental Car, and there's others, quite a few others. But these bankruptcies have put hundreds of thousands of Americans out of work, right? But not before many of these companies' top executives grabbed huge bonuses before they declared the bankruptcy. And according to a new uh, Reuters analysis of 45 companies that filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy between March and mid-July, two-thirds of these companies approved payouts to their executives with these bonuses that they um, turned around, these companies turned around and filed bankruptcy within six months after the fact. Now, they do this because they have a loophole that allows them to exploit the bankruptcy laws. And the bankruptcy laws are saying that basically you can you can get these bonuses as long as you get it before you declare the bankruptcy. But once you declare bankruptcy, then the, the bankruptcy laws say you can't do that. So, of course, they're going to exploit that loophole. So what's happening is that you've got these companies like your JCPenney and Hertz, Neiman Marcus, and there's, you know, quite a few of them. They're declaring bankruptcy after these execs get millions. I don't mean like a couple thousand, a hundred thousand, millions of dollars 
in these uh, bonuses. And then right on the heels of doing it, they're firing like thousands of employees. Now, these are the people that keep the company going. If it weren't for these employees, these execs wouldn't be able to generate enough money to get these millions of dollars in bonuses. But clearly, that doesn't seem to be a concern. They just, I mean, to me, I feel like they're just cold-blooded taking advantage of the, the bankruptcy law. So they're gouging the money, taking these millions of dollars in bonuses, firing employees, furloughing, laying people off, whatever term you call it, and now they're sitting on millions of dollars and the employees have no job. How are people supposed to take care of their families and do what they got to do? And these, these execs, they're only concerned about, I need to get my bonus. So they say, all right, we know we're about to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Let's go ahead and get these bonuses, payouts, and then do all that. Okay, everybody got their money? Cool. Now let's put in the paperwork for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. That's bull. I'm just saying, how much is enough? God, how much do y'all need? You're already making ridiculous money every month. Most of these execs are getting like seven-figure incomes. How much is enough? It's just, to me, it's obscene. And some of these execs are saying, well, you know, we forfeited uh, our salaries and this and that. So that that's how they're justifying getting these bonuses. I'm not buying it. I don't care what you claim you forfeited because all they're doing is if you're saying, all right, well, I didn't get a paycheck for the last three months, six months, whatever, but you're still getting all this money in a bonus. So who cares about a stupid paycheck if you're walking away with $6 million, $10 million or whatever, and the employees are walking away with nothing? They have no job. So I'm just saying, how much is enough? How much money do you all need to rape out of these companies that have been here for all this time. You have people that were on the verge of retiring, people who've been in these companies who have worked there for 20-plus years, 30-plus years, and then you snatch the rug right out from under them before they can even get that kind of money. Where's their pension now? All of that's gone. If the company goes belly up, you don't get that that pension. So the money that some of those long-term employees thought they were going to get, gone because these greedy execs are only concerned about looking out for themselves they're not looking out for the people who basically built the company jc penny paid over 10 million dollars to a handful of executives back in may and they called it retainer bonuses because you know a chapter 11 means you're not going out of business you're reorganizing so they figured okay we need this money to retain our executives so that when we get back on our feet, we're going to have those people still in place. Well, you just said to hell with all your employees. You let go of thousands of employees, so I guess they weren't <laughs> worth retaining. Yeah. But you're trying to keep all of these greedy, deep-pocketed execs. It makes me want to vomit. I just find it so disgusting. I, anyway, <laughs> it just ma- it makes it literally makes my blood feel like it's boiling. Because to see this type of excessive greed in a country that seems to have so much, but then you have so many who have so little. It's such an imbalance. And when you see this level of greed, I just want to slap every one of them and ask them, how much is enough? 
Mm. How much freaking money do you need? Mm -hmm. There are those of us that are just trying to live, and you're trying to live large. Mm. This is Red Wine, and I'm just saying, how much is enough? Mm. This don't make sense. Drop the mic, drop the mic. You know, it's ironic, yep. Red I was just thinking that same thing a couple of days ago myself. I was thinking that the same, the, the same, the same. You you put in words the thought process that I had for so long on that, and I'm, I'm gonna go right into my second field on mine, living for the city. Go for it. Yep. You know. Uh, First of all, the one thing I want to say to people out there, the one thing you need to do, the one thing you need to do, I don't care what age group you're in, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, the one thing you need to do is stay strong in your own spot. Remember that phrase. Write that phrase down. Put on a, put on a charm. Put on a bracelet. Stay strong in your own spot. Because, see, the life that you represent is the only life that you have, and that's what you're blessed with. And if a lot of people are relying on you, you remember, every now and then you got to take a break. You got to recharge your battery. You got to keep your own self in perspective. You got to get your hair done, your feet done. You got to wash your ass. You got to do all the things you need to do to maintain yourself. You know, because everything begins with self. Like I said before, charity begins at home and then goes abroad. It don't go abroad and come back home. It begins at home. The things you need first begin with what you need. And then you start distributing charities out based on now you being secure within yourself. But like Red Wine said, not with greed. But just with contentment. This world is based on contentment. All you need is what you need. And when you are working these jobs, any job you may do, whether you're a butcher, baker, candlestick maker, if there's executives around you, the last thing that you want to do is kiss their ass, okay? Because you got to remember these people are human just like you. If there's a man that I work for, a woman I work for, that goes to the bathroom without pulling down their damn pants, you know, because unless you're going to piss your pants, if you got a way to keep your pants on and go to the bathroom, I want to see that. Because, see, waste material is a natural exit of, of our bodies. And everybody does it, no matter what, male, female, in between. So that means we're equal in the, in the sense of physicalities. So, therefore, nobody has anything special on you. Don't think that when your boss comes in a room that you have to throw on a different facade. You have to examine him or her and see what they're made of and play them accordingly. Stop kissing their ass. See where their knowledge is and where their weaknesses are and play on that shit. Because deep down inside, they don't give a shit about you because life, unfortunately, is built on classes, different levels of classes, whether you're an assistant to an assistant or you're the main dog or what have you, you know. But them people go to lunch with one another. The assistant is going to work, with, going to lunch with the, the main person. You know, but nobody's going, like like Red Wine says, going to lunch with the regular employee, the one that comes in every day, the one that sits at the, at the computer or at the cash register trying to figure out why her pay is $13 short at the end of the evening when she tills her cash register, mm-hmm. knowing that the boss going to stick a pogo stick up her ass because she's $13 short. So in order not to hear from her boss, she's going to go in her own wallet and put $13 of her own money in there because some sorry-ass rich joker came in there and you gave the wrong change to. They noticed you gave the wrong change, but they just walked out the store anyway knowing you gave them 13 extra dollars. 
You know, so I'm just using that as an example. But the whole thing I'm saying in a nutshell, that uh, we need to understand that it's just like being starstruck, for example. If you see a celebrity and you want their autograph or they're nearby, then you merely walk up and ask for an autograph. I mean, to lose your mind is, is a, a level of non-relevancy. You ain't got to go out like that. Unless, you know, I mean, you. but we all, I got, all I'm saying is that, like Red Wine says, and I cannot emphasize this enough because I had this thought process myself. There are people out here to take the buyout, and they're getting all this money and all this money. But where's their happiness? Where's their life? Where's their love? What are they going home to? Who are they sharing their life with? You know what I mean? Because that is the bottom line of everything. Your health is based on your happiness. I don't give a damn what nobody says. First and foremost, and there again, stay strong in your own spot. Stop extending yourself so far to please other people. You can, you can help people. I'm not saying that at all. But always remember, don't extend yourself. Don't be stretched for so far. But when you're not helping those who are helping themselves, then you're wasting your time. Believe me. And if you're if you're that nice to a fault where you're just getting abused and abused and abused, and hey, because, see, when people are born in this life and raised in this life, people are like computers. Whether or not you have a, a uh, built-in hard drive or you have a built-in, uh, what do they call that, the whole Excel package, the whole Microsoft package. Some computers don't come with the Microsoft package where you got to get Excel and all this on the side. You got to buy it. And these are the things that the people that raise you instill in you, whether it's your parents or guardians, whoever raised you. If people put the right things in you, then they mean that's built in like a computer. But you can also buy a computer that now I got to buy this. I got to buy a, a, some type of operating system. It didn't come with it. And you'd be surprised. The people, everybody in this world is not walking around with the same components inside. They act like they are. They front the game like they're just like you. But Lord knows, deep down inside, they are not. Some people are givers and some people are takers. Don't get it twisted. Do not get it twisted. Half the people out there are givers and half the people are takers. And when a giver meets a giver, you can get along well because you're going to have plenty. Because both of y'all are making sure each other are happy. But if one's a giver and one's a taker, shit's going to always be missing. The fucking shelf's going to always be empty. And you, the giver, is going to always put the damn can back on the shelf that the taker took off the damn shelf. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. I didn't grow old being no damn fool. Believe me. So, therefore, you'll see in this world just, just. And and just in closing, like Red Wine said, with these executives, don't worry about them. Because a lot of them are so damn greedy. Their life is so lonely. They're trying to substitute for that little three-inch weenie hanging between their damn legs that they can't do nothing with. So they need the money and the fame and the power. Because, you know, when you look between their damn legs, they ain't got enough Johnson between their legs to satisfy nothing. So they need all this power around a nice car. Yeah, but when you get butt-ass naked, you look atrociously funny because you ain't working with Jack. And I'm just using that as an example. But sometimes shortcomings bring on people overcompensating for what they don't have. So you never know deep down inside. What people, and same with women. I won't mess with women's anatomies, but I'm just saying. A woman can have the same shortcomings. And that's why, as a ball, I've seen in many a, you know, white female executives jealous as hell over the sexy-ass black girl that works in the mailroom. Girl, where'd you get that outfit? Oh, my God, that's so nice, so nice. And the sister tells her all her secrets, all her everything, 
He had to say it to her. She's making four times much money as you. Let her find her for a goddamn self where to buy clothes or where to get a hair done or where to do anything. Shit. You ain't got to school her. Shit. She's making four times more than you making. So all I'm saying is stay strong in your own spot. Don't worry about what people are doing. Just do your thing. Anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. Right, Pop, I wrote it down. You going to get off your soapbox? I'm going to get off my soapbox. All right. Make sure you wrote it down, Kel. Stay strong <laughs> in your own spot. In your own spot. That's um, all you said. That's a, that's a T-shirt right there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, we're heading back uh, over to you, Kel, for the Hollywood wrap-up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Come on, Papa. Give it to me. <laughs> you cattle her intro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What we got going on in Hollywood? All right. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. If you guys watch the Kardashians, keeping up with the Kardashians, guess who's coming back? Guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> the brother, Rob, Rob, Rob Kardashian, is coming back around to the family reality show. Oh, the 33-year-old sock designer, as he calls himself a sock designer, is set to make a return to keeping what? up with the Kardashians. <laughs> yep. Sock <laughs> designer? Really? Still, yeah, that's what I said. Chloe so they still weigh 900 pounds? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm getting to that. Chloe's sister had revealed um, that he's coming um, back on the show and that um, he's, quote-unquote, in the best place and uh, with his mental health. So he, I guess he has some issues with mental health and his weight. Um, and also um, from the D.C. area, you know, he um, had a, a baby by China. Um, uh, the baby's name is Dream Renee. She's three now. So that would be interesting if China comes on there, but... For right now, Rob, he's the quote-unquote sock designer. He'll be back on the uh, Kardashian show. So we'll see what's going to happen. should be interesting. Um, um, also, um, some sad news. Um, John Travolta's wife, Kelly Preston, um, she passed away um, a couple of days ago. She'd been battling uh, breast cancer for about two years. So um, John Travolta put on, out on Twitter. He says, my family and I are will forever be grateful to her doctors and nurses at the MD Anderson Cancer Center, all the medical centers that have helped, as well as her many friends and loved ones who have um, been by her side. So um, it's, it's so unfortunate. She was a good actress also. So Kelly Preston okay. at 57. Um, this is the big news. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is the big news. You guys are going to... Uh, be interested in this The judge allows Monique's suit Alleging Netflix comedy special Offers were discriminatory It is unlawful oh. For a producer to throw out An opening lowball offer And then not budge When the talent demands more um, It might be but To a, a California federal judge It's not So she you know, uh, went in her favor. The case concerns Monique, who felt insulted by Netflix's offer for a comedy special. Her rep mm. pleaded with Netflix to reconsider a quote-unquote racially and gender bias offer. 
um, what makes Monique, who has been labeled a living legend based on her award from around the world, worth twelve million less than Amy Schumer? You know why should she be? Why should she get less than her? Um, so um, Monique's lawyer, um, David uh, DeBurchis, was pleased with the ruling. Today's ruling is an important victory for Hollywood talent, who, um, just like all other workers, need protection. Uh, against retaliation if they raise concerns about pay discrimination. All right. He goes on to say employers in the entertainment industry need to take pay discrimination concerns seriously, fix them if the concerns have merit, and never um, retaliate against those who have the courage to speak about um, unequal pay. So for, for right now, the judge has ruled in Monique's favor. So we have to follow this and see how far it's going to go. Uh, for Monique. Yeah, um, I'm wondering what are they going to offer her. Yeah, but she stood the ground. So, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, the chance for Netflix to come back and offer her more money or something similar to that amount. But like you said, we, we have to see. So, um, Okay. My, the Michael Jackson estate is, is back in uh, the news. Um, Ex-manager, uh, he's, uh, he's trying to settle for $3 million. Michael Jackson's ex-manager, Tomei Tomei, long-standing legal war with the king of Pops estate, has ended as California judge ruled that he's owed $3 million. He was promised in 2019 settlement, even though the deal was never finalized in writing. So I guess the verbal agreement worked out. So he's due his money. So that's what they're going to do, give him his money. Yep, he sued the state back in 2012. Um, and uh, he he um, claimed he's owed 15% of the commission of the This Is It um, tour. But, um, hey, it never happened, so, but he, he was promised that, so he said, that's what I want. So give up the coin, you know, the $3 million. But, but 15% of what didn't happen is what? See, <laughs> I guess it's $3 million that they promised. Yep, I, I agree with you. But it didn't happen. Yep, it, just, it didn't happen, but... The tour didn't happen. How about... I, okay. All right. I'll leave it up to the court. <laughs> you, you, you can go fight with the judge. Okay. Also on the news, Nick Cannon. Um, they said that Viacom had gotten rid, uh, rid of Nick Cannon. That's not true. They pushed his um, talk show... Back to 2021. So Nick Cannon's daytime show, which was scheduled to premiere later this year, has been pushed to 2021 in the aftermath of the anti-Semitic comments he made on the podcast. Uh, The show's producer, Lionsgate, confirmed the news in a statement obtained by um, Variety. So, you know, everybody said he's gone, he's gone. So, Bikefam ain't crazy. That's, That's money right there. So... They won't let him cool down a little bit and, you know, whatever he got to do, but they still want him. So in 2021, his talk show is supposed to come out, so we'll see. That should be okay. interesting. So, but wasn't he the creator yeah. of the show that, that was that he was kicking them off? From what I heard. No, understand. this is a talk show. No, no, this is no talk I mean, show. the show he that he was to... on originally, that one. Yeah, uh, Wild and Out. Wild and Out. Wild wasn't and that, out. that was his idea. No. So right, how do you get rid of smart? They were just talking about the talk show. 
Oh, I thought that he was going to get kicked off while and out when, when that was the show that he developed. So, therefore. But that's what I thought I heard, that they kicked him off of the show he created. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll see. We'll... I, I, yeah, like I said, you, you can't yeah. believe everything that you read. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. OV survives. Okay. I mean, who, who ain't called it, uh, uh, you know, who ain't said the N-word out there? They got the nerve, the audacity. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. No, Okay. Um, last but not least, um, in the scoop of um, it's a magazine called Scoop LA. Um, our hometown girl Lynette Tashel, she was featured in it. It says a new voice drops on Hollywood. Lynette Tashel, we know Lynette Tashel from because she uh, is a fan of the show, and uh, she's a writer producer. Um, she has a show uh, called Pump on um, Urban Flix TV. It's a, a comedy original. Um, called Pump, and uh, she's a, a producer on that. And um, hey, local talented. She's doing real well out there in um, LA. So uh, he has a lot of credits, but that's that's a that's a pretty good article though. The Scoop LA. So Lynette Tichelle. Yep. Woo! I know that's right. Yep. We're very proud of her. Yep. 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 That's our girl. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. All right, Kel. Hollywood wrap Thank you. All right. You welcome. That was a good one. That was a juicy right. one. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul. Well, I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I liked it a lot. All right, Papa. Tell the folks what they need to know. Uh, well, the kiss list is coming up. Yep. The kiss list is a list of people we compile every week that showed their butt hiney. Um, that freaked out the executives as a whole, for example, like we talked about, taking the money and running before they, and they know the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. And like uh, Red Wine says, and I emphasize that completely, the, the workers never know what's happening. You know, for now on, when you talk to people on a job, if they're not talking about business, about what's actually happening with the job, I mean, I, I talked to coworkers, and they, they, they talked to me about uh, coworkers of a certain persuasion. All they want to talk about is sports and women. They're not talking to me about the 401k and the who's getting what job, who's getting another job. Why do you think I just want to hear about sports and women? Anyway, that's a whole other story. Anyway, yeah, uh, the executives for one. Uh, Donald Trump always on our list, you know, for what he does and what have you. Mike Huckabee for, oh, yeah. for selling uh, this little crappy scamming stuff to people. kids, scamming people, saying uh, kids of America, they want to sell them their own little booklet and stuff. Kids version of history where he talks about Donald Trump and how great he is. And, you know, just they just trying to keep it going. Um, these different proposals that people putting out for money they're saying they're gonna send to the black community, which is a bunch of crap. They're gonna do social this, social that. You know, I please give me just give me the money. Anyway, I got another one give for me you. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia for filing oh, a lawsuit sure. Against the mayor of Georgia and the city. Mayor, mayor, mayor of Atlanta. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Mayor of Georgia. The mayor of Atlanta, Mayor Bottoms. Yeah, and they're both in the same state, and he's going to sue her because he wants the people to wear masks, and he's against it. Yeah, he doesn't want to mandate it. The people of, uh, let's put the people of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, that stormed the council meeting because they didn't want to wear masks. All white folks now. 
You look at the, there was a pile of them in the council room, packed. None of them had a mask on. One lady actually spit gum out. She pulled the mask out of her pocket and said, this is what I think of your mask. And she spit her gum into the mask in her hand, into the mask on the floor with her gum in it. And everybody cheered yeah. behind her. Like three, 300 white folks cheered behind her. Yeah, yeah. And they all stand there in that tight council room with no mask, about 300 people. And they're all cheering about they they had to adjourn the meeting and come back another day. That's how vicious it was. It was two and two council members on the council were for the people, and three of them in there was for the the mass. And oh my God, Salt Lake City, South Lake City, Utah, right now is a mess. Well, also, also I got FEMA for mishandling the COVID medication distribution, and then wiping Mm -hmm. their hands of the whole thing. Man. So put them on the list and Trump's ex campaign manager that's paying Trump's relatives, uh, or in laws and girlfriends and stuff, fifteen grand a month to, to do virtually wow. nothing. Yeah, help him with the campaign. Yeah. His name what was his name? I uh, can't remember his name now. Uh, let's, let's get his name. But he's let's on the get list. Get his damn name because he they did a story on him on how fantastic he was and he ain't nothing but a kind artist like the rest of them. Well, Pasquale. Yeah, that's Remember it. that name, Pasquale. He's a white ring mm. clan member in most cases, <laughs> and he's out there. He owns five luxury houses and a yacht, and he has uh, Donald Trump mm, Jr.'s mm, mm, mm. girlfriend and Eric, Eric, Eric's wife, Eric's wife on his payroll. He's probably mm. tricking them both. Like oh, I said, I had so. one more. Uh, whoever is doing stuff at the Washington Football Office. Just messing with these oh, women yeah. and whatever is going on, I don't know who's right, who's wrong, but whoever did what they shouldn't have been doing, you're in the kiss it list. Yeah, that'd be going mm-hmm. for a minute too. Yeah. You got and anybody also else? Also the um yeah, the executives at these um big companies you were talking about. In your commentary. Oh, yeah. They give me big bonuses to these execs. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good that was a good All right. Well one. we've got something for them. Especially for everybody on this week's Kiss It List. Kiss Here it is. My entire All right, welcome back to the John Party Money Host Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. It's time for the last word. All right, my last word is, like I said, stay strong in your own spot. Keep looking around on all four sides. Stay strong in your own spot. Don't believe the hype. Don't listen to the crap. Just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. And my last word is, again, how much is enough? Let's not be greedy. 
if we all would just get what we need, I think everybody would have what they need. Mm -hmm. Instead of some people having everything and everybody else having nothing. Like Billy D. Williams said, success is nothing. Unless you got someone to share it with. Okay. How was that? That was well, a lady sings good. Lady sings a boo. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. What's your last word, Kev? My last word is uh, just, just some things of advice. Um, vote, vote, vote. Uh, also, we need to wake up to what's going on with um, our black leaders. And um, for the young folks out there, y'all need to start watching some CNN or some news to find out what's really going on because, you know, take them earplugs out and start listening to some CNN and some, some other newsworthy type things because you guys are the future. We have to rely on y'all. And if y'all don't know Jiggity Jack, if y'all don't know shit, as I say, then y'all could be in trouble. Y'all need yeah. to know stuff before shit happens. So you, you, yeah. you got to be ahead of the game, you know. Right, by the time you turn around, that pogo stick be already up your ass. Anyway. <laughs> Come on now. I'm um, just that's saying. That's my last word. <laughs> Go ahead, baby. <laughs> Papa Dee <Didi. laughs> Anyway, I'm just saying. Well. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. We appreciate your time and attention and your presence. Mm-hmm. We're going to mm-hmm. do it again next Friday night. Nine Friday night, 9 o'clock, 915 CP time. Nine one four eight oh six. No, nine one four eight oh three. Eight oh three. Cut off. Cut off. Nine one four eight oh three four three zero six. Yes, the number to get in. And you want to talk to us? Press one. Join the convo. And you'll join the conversation. All right. Well, we're gonna get on out of here. Get out the way and let folks do whatever they got to do the rest of the night. And we'll see you again next Friday night. Say good night, Papa D. Oh, good night, everybody. Say good night, Cattle. Good night. And bonsoir until next Friday night. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatanti, Sayonara, and all that sort of shit. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko. Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.